Are you protesters? You mean those dickheads with the signs of pictures of dead babies? Shit, no. Me and Sal Bob are pro-choice. Women's bodies are all fucking business. But what are you doing hanging around? Well, we're here to pick up chicks. Nukes to the motherfucking Using an intro of Jay from Jane Silent Bob is something I didn't think I would ever do on this show, but given the news of yesterday, I think it is absolutely appropriate. Welcome to MLB Morning Coffee here on a Tuesday from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Pleasure to have you along for the ride. I am Greg Mraz, the man with the microphone. Make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. Helps out our metrics tremendously. Also, make sure that you tell a friend to tell another friend about the show. Because, hey, why not grow the product as best we can? My opening segment today is focused on one person. Snoochie Boochies, Mike Clevenger. Now, the only reason I said Snoochie Boochies is because Mike Clevenger is the doppelganger for Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. And the reason why I compared him to Jay is that, like Jay, he is that big of an effing moron. Oh, my God. How stupid or how selfish can you be? What did I just talk about yesterday with Zach Plesak? Clevenger's worse. He went out with Plesak, was able to hide it, voiced his support of Plesak in a players' meeting on Sunday, flew back with the team, And then it was found out that he was also out with Plesak. So he gets on that plane, and he puts everybody there in danger. Most importantly, Carlos Carrasco, who recovered from leukemia, who is immunocompromised. Are you that selfish? Are you that stupid? Snoochie boochies, Mike Clevenger. You know, Mike Clevenger can be outspoken about every little issue that comes to mind. This dude needs to be suspended from the team for at least two weeks. Not just his quarantine, outright suspension. Make it effing count. Because what he did was so stupid, and why baseball, as I said, is teetering on the brink, as it has been all season long, as it was when the Marlins had their outbreak, as it was when the Cardinals had their outbreak. How are you that stupid? And the fact that Mike Clevenger didn't say anything. When they're having a team meeting about Zach Plesak, Mike Clevenger, who's as guilty as Plesak, if not worse, goes out with him, doesn't say anything, somehow conceals the fact, and now puts everybody in danger. And now the Cleveland Indians are in a situation where they might possibly have to go along the route of the Cardinals and the Marlins if anybody tests positive in the next 48 hours. My goodness. Like, seriously, I don't want to insult the guy too much, but do you have that few brain cells? When you see that Zach Plesak is being ordered to go back to Cleveland in a rental car for you to not stand up and say, hey, I was out with him too. You can be mad at them for breaking protocol, but at least Zach Plesak didn't put anybody in danger. Mike Clevenger did. Is it not clear to these players that they cannot break any rules, period. What did I just talk about yesterday? Why am I doing the same show again today? Because Mike Clevenger is an effing moron. That's why. He's an effing moron for going out, he's an effing moron for lying, and he's an effing a-hole for putting his teammates in potential danger. That is about as criminal as it can get. 
Snoochie boochies, Mike Clevenger. My goodness. Just absolute idiocy all the way around. And I hope for the sake of the Cleveland Indians that this does not come back to harm them. But it very well might. And if it does, when it does, Mike Clevenger will look back on this. Zach Plesak will look back on this and regret it for the rest of their lives if something bad happens to one of their teammates or if the Indians are shut down for a long period of time, if not the season, because of these two guys. And I wanted to call them more names. I know that may sound insulting. And hey, maybe I end up taking this episode down at some point. I don't really care. When I saw that news from Mike Clevenger late on Monday afternoon, I about blew my top. This underscores a larger issue within society, but I'm not going to get into that right now. You did not come to this show to listen to that. So we're going to get started with some ball games In Philadelphia, first off, for the Phillies and the Braves. He did. Out toward right center field. Going back on it is Acuna Jr. That one is long gone. Into the Braves bullpen. A three-run home run for Bryce Harper. And the Phillies jump out to the early lead. Phillies score three in the first and seven in the second. At one point, they were up 13-1. Atlanta scored seven in the top of the ninth inning. Philadelphia holds on to win by a 13-8 score. Phillies are 5-6. Braves are 11-7. Winning pitcher Aaron Nola, he is 1-1. He was brilliant. He allows one run on two hits over eight innings, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Sean Newcomb takes the loss. He was not good. He allows eight runs on six hits over an inning in third, two walks, and one strikeout. Braves allowed five homers in the ball game, with those home runs coming from Bryce Harper, his third, that call you just heard, Roman Quinn, his first, Didi Gregorius, his third, Gene Segura, his first, and JT Realmuto, his fifth. Harper's three-run homer accounted for all of the runs in the bottom of the first inning, and then in the bottom of the second inning, it was Roman Quinn with a solo homer, JT Realmuto with an RBI single, Didi Gregorius with a grand slam, and Gene Segura with a solo homer. Then in the bottom of the fourth, it was Realmuto with his home run, and then in the bottom of the fifth, Realmuto had a reach on a fielding error that also scored a run. For the Braves, they also had some home runs to talk about. Travis Darno, his second. Johan Camargo, his second. Austin Riley, his third. For the Phillies, Phil Gosselin went two for four with two runs scored. Reese Hoskins, one for three with two runs scored. Bryce Harper, two for three with three RBI and three runs scored. JT Realmuto goes two for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Didi Gregorius, one for four with his grand slam. Roman Quinn, three for four with a run scored and an RBI. For Atlanta, Travis Darno goes two for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Austin Riley was the only other player that had multiple hits for Atlanta as they did have seven runs in the top of the ninth inning. Another game with big offense came in New York as the Nationals took on the Mets. Here's Soto. Yeah, get this guy to the plate. He waited for a breaking ball and skies it straight away center. See you later. Way up the batter's eye. And the Nats are making City Field look rather small tonight. 
It's 5-0. Nationals with a run in the first, four in the third, and seven in the fifth inning as they pound New York 16-4 with additional runs in the sixth and seventh innings. Washington is 5-7. New York is 7-10. Patrick Corbin gets the win. He is 2-0. He allows two runs, one earned on five hits over six innings, two walks, and four strikeouts. Steven Matz takes the loss for the Mets. He is 0-3. Eight runs on eight hits over four and a third innings, no walks, and five strikeouts. Washington got their first run in the top of the first inning on an Asdrubal Cabrera homer, his second of the season. Then in the four-run third inning, the Nationals got a two-run homer from Trey Turner, his second, and a two-run homer from Juan Soto, his second as well. In the top of the fifth inning, Juan Soto with an RBI ground rule double to make it six to nothing. Then Howie Kendrick with an RBI single to extend the Nationals' lead to 7-0. As Drupal Cabrera came up big once again with a 2-RBI double, 9-0 Nats at the time. Jan Gomes an RBI single to make it 10-0. Then a Trey Turner single, 11-0, and a Josh Harrison sacrifice fly. That left the damage at 12-zip. Looking at the box score, Nationals had 16 runs on 17 hits. They drew only three walks. Juan Soto goes 3-for-4 with 3 RBI and 3 runs scored. Trey Turner 3-for-5 with 3 RBI and 2 runs scored. As Drupal Cabrera, 4-for-4, four 5 RBI and 3 runs scored. Jan Gomes 2-for-4 with 2 RBI and 2 runs scored. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil goes 3-for-4 with 1 run scored. He was the only Met with multiple hits. J.D. Davis scored 2 of the Mets' 4 runs despite going 0-for-2. Exciting ball game at Fenway Park coming up next between the Rays and the Red Sox. And a base hit into left center field. Going to go all the way to the wall. Zasugo will score. Margot heads to the plate. He's going to score a two-run double for Kiermaier. And the Rays grab the lead again. It's 7-5. to five. Rays hold on to beat the Red Sox 8-7 at Fenway Park. Tampa's over 500. They are 9-8. Boston falls to 6-10. Aaron Loop, the winner for the Rays. He is 1-0. Loop goes an inning out of the bullpen. He allows no runs on one hit, no walks, and three strikeouts. Jeffrey Springs takes the loss. He is 0-1. He allows three runs on five hits over an inning and a third, one walk, and one strikeout. Andrew Kittredge picks up the save. He goes two-thirds of an inning for Tampa Bay. No walks, a strikeout, and one hit allowed. This game started with a three-run Boston first inning thanks to a Xander Bogarts RBI double, a Michael Chavis RBI ground out, and a Kevin Pawlecki RBI single. Tampa got a run back in the top of the second inning on a Kevin Kiermeyer RBI single. J.D. Martinez homered to make it 4-1 for Boston in the bottom of the third, his first homer of the year. In the top of the fourth, Michael Perez had a two-RBI single to make it 4-3 Boston, and Joey Wendell tied the game up with an RBI triple in the top of the fifth inning. G-Man Choi gave the Rays the lead with an RBI single in the top of the sixth inning, but Boston tied the game right back up thanks to a Kevin Plawlecki RBI single, his second RBI of the night. That call you just heard from the great Dwayne Stotts was the go-ahead two-RBI double from Kevin Kiermeyer in the top of the seventh inning. Manuel Margot gave the Rays an insurance run with an RBI double in the top of the eighth. Red Sox scored two in the bottom of the eighth inning thanks to a Jonathan Aruz two-RBI single, but it was not enough. Tampa had 16 hits in the ballgame, highlighted by the bottom of the order. 
Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Michael Perez combined to go 8 for 13 with 6 RBI and 4 runs scored. Margot went 4 for 4, Kiermeyer 2 for 4 with 3 RBI, Perez 2 for 5 with 2 RBI. Tampa also got a 2-hit game from Austin Meadows who went 2 for 4 with 2 walks. Tampa drew 8 walks in the ball game. For Boston, J.D. Martinez goes 3 for 4 with 2 runs scored, an RBI and a walk. Kevin Plawlecki, 3 for 4 with 2 RBI and a run scored. Jonathan Aruz goes 3 for 4 with 2 runs batted in. The Detroit Tigers have been a pleasant surprise so far in 2020. And with the up-and-coming White Sox in town, Detroit might have showed everybody they're for real. Jacoby Jones knows he's quick enough if he happens to throw something inside. 3-2, sizzle to center, and that gets by Engel. Harold Castro will score. Jones has got speed. Santiago waves him home. Jacoby Jones will score as well. And inside the Parker for Jacoby Jones. Tigers beat the White Sox 5-1. Detroit is 9-5. White Sox are 8-9. By the way, the White Sox have given up two inside-the-park home runs in 17 games, both of them coming in less than a week's time apart from one another. Remember, Christian Yelich for the Brewers had one on Thursday when he hit a ball to left field that Eloy Jimenez did something and fell into the protective netting, and today, Jacoby Jones hits one over the head of Adam Engel. The winning pitcher, Daniel Norris, he is 1-1. One one. He allows one hit over two shutout innings, no walks, and two strikeouts. Dallas Keuchel takes the loss for Chicago. He is 2-2. Two and two. He allows three runs on six hits over six innings, two walks and four strikeouts, no save in the ballgame. Tigers got their first run in the bottom of the fourth inning on a Jaimer Candelario RBI double. Nico Goodrum hit his third homer of the year to extend the lead to 2-0. Adam Engel cut the lead in half with an RBI ground out in the top of the seventh inning, but in the bottom of the seventh, Victor Reyes had an RBI single, and then Jacoby Jones with his two-run inside-the-park homer. For Detroit, Nico Goodrum goes 4-for-4 four four with two runs scored and an RBI. Jaime Candelario 2-for-4 with an RBI and a run scored. Jacoby Jones 1-for-3 with his two-run inside-the-park home run. For Chicago, Danny Mendick goes 3-for-4 with a run scored. Nobody else for the White Sox had multiple hits. It has been a rough go for an order that has been decimated by injury with Tim Anderson out, Nick Madrigal is out, Nomar Mazzara finally got back in the lineup. Luis Robert did not start today for Chicago. Well, the Tigers are right on the heels of the Minnesota Twins, and the Twins would need a win to keep pace as they travel to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. In great position to at least tie the game, and Rosario lifts it to right field, and deep, and go! Grand slam. Teeing off on the first pitch. Eddie Rosario puts the Twins in front 4-1. The Eddie Rosario Grand Slam responsible for all of the Twins' runs as they beat the Brewers 4-2 at Miller Park. Minnesota is 11-6. Brewers are 6-8. Winning pitcher is Randy Dobnak. He is 3-1. He allows one run on four hits over five innings, one walk, and three strikeouts. The loser, Adrian Hauser, he is 1-1. One one. 
He allows four runs on six hits in five innings, one walk and four strikeouts. Freddie Peralta, by the way, came in in relief of him out of the bullpen. He went four shutout innings, allowed just one hit, struck out eight. Taylor Rogers gets the save, his fourth for Minnesota. He allows one hit in a scoreless ninth inning, no walks and two strikeouts. Brewers got the first run of the ball game in the bottom of the second inning thanks to an Orlando Arcia double. Rosario's grand slam made it 4-1 top of the third, and Keston Hiura hit his fourth homer of the year to make it 4-2 Minnesota in the bottom of the eighth inning. Hiura, of course, playing for Milwaukee, but that was all the Brewers could come up with. Seven hits for Minnesota. Ahir Adrianza has a big day as he goes two for four. One for four with four RBI for Eddie Rosario. Single hit games across the rest of the score sheet. Alex Avila goes one for two with a run scored and two walks. For the Brewers, Keston Hiura goes two for four with an RBI and a run scored. That came on his solo homer. Christian Yelich goes one for four in the ball game. We now head to Colorado for the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And this was a slugfest at Coors Field. It's this one out, deep left field, Hansen backing up, and he won't get it, it's off the wall, this will score two. John Jay is home, here comes Nick Ahmed, Cole Calhoun, a two-run double, and it's 11-7. A solid night for Cole Calhoun and the Arizona offense, they score 12 runs, they never trail in the game, and outslug the Rockies 12-8 at Coors Field. Diamondbacks are 7-10, Rockies are 11-5. Alex Young gets the win, he is 1-0. The reliever goes two innings out of the bullpen, one run on two hits, no walks, and one strikeout. John Gray takes the loss for Colorado. He is 0-2. Eight runs on 11 hits in three and a third innings, no walks and two strikeouts. Archie Bradley picks up the save, his fourth, as he goes a full inning, no hits, one strikeout. Arizona got two in the top of the first inning thanks to a Cole Calhoun homer and a Christian Walker double. Trevor Story hit his sixth homer of the year in the bottom of the first inning to make it a one-run ball game. Arizona then scored three in the top of the third on a David Peralta RBI single, a Christian Walker RBI single, and a Stephen Vogt RBI groundout. Rockies got it to within two in the bottom of the third inning on a Nolan Arenado sack fly and a Matt Kemp RBI single. Top four, Diamondbacks extend the lead back to five. Starling Marte with an RBI ground out and David Peralta with a two RBI single. Bottom four, Rockies get to within two thanks to a Charlie Blackman single, a Nolan Arenado single, and a Daniel Murphy single. Chris Owings made it a one-run ball game with his second homer of the year. That came in the bottom of the fifth inning, but the Diamondbacks score three in the top of the seventh inning thanks to an RBI single from Nick Ahmed and a two-RBI double that you just heard from Cole Calhoun. Cattell Marte made it a 12-7 ball game with an RBI single in the top of the ninth. The final score was 12-8. For Arizona, they had 18 hits. Colorado had 14. Big day up and down the lineup. Cole Calhoun, 2-for-5 with 3-RBI and 2-runs scored. Cattell Marte, 4-for-6 with 3-runs scored and an RBI. David Peralta, 4-for-5 with 2-RBI and a run scored. Christian Walker, 2-for-5 with 2-RBI. Nick Ahmed, 3-for-4 with 3-runs scored and a run batted in. For Colorado, Trevor Story, one for three with his solo homer. He scores three runs. He also draws two walks. Charlie Blackman is hitting 484. He went four for five with three runs scored and an RBI. Nolan Arenado, a four for four performance with two runs batted in. Daniel Murphy, two for five with an RBI. Next stop, Texas. 
for the Mariners and the Rangers. He hit it deep. He hit it far. He hit it out of here. A grand slam for Kyle Seager. And the dam has been broken. Grand slams are always nice. Third homer of the year for Kyle Seager. Mariners pound the Rangers 10-2. Justin Dunn picks up the win. He is 1-1. One one. Dunn allows two runs on seven hits in six innings. Three walks and two strikeouts. Kyle Gibson takes the loss for Texas. Four runs on nine hits in four and a third innings. One walk and two strikeouts. Texas got on the board in the bottom of the first inning on a Willie Calhoun RBI triple. Dylan Moore tied the game in the top of the third inning on an RBI single, but Willie Calhoun gave the Rangers the lead back in the bottom of the third with a sacrifice fly. That's when the Mariners kicked it into overdrive. Kyle Lewis hits a three-run homer his fourth of the year to make it 4-2 Mariners. Then in the top of the sixth inning, that homer from Lewis, by the way, came in the top of the fifth. Top six, Dylan Moore, singles homer run, 5-2 Mariners, and then Kyle Seager with his grand slam to make it 9-2, and Dylan Moore adds in a home run his fourth of the year, 10-2 the final in Arlington. For Seattle, J.P. Crawford, 2-for-5 with two runs scored. Dylan Moore, 3-for-4 with three RBI, three runs scored, and two walks. Kyle Lewis, 3-for-5 with three RBI and two runs scored. Kyle Seeger, 2-for-5 with his grand slam. He scores one run. Everybody in the Mariner lineup had at least one hit. For Texas, Nick Solak, 2-for-5 with a run scored. Willie Calhoun, 2-for-4 with two RBI. They accounted for four of Texas's eight hits. We stay in the state of Texas where there was a no-hit bid on display tonight in Houston as the Astros took on the Giants. And his second in five years. Maldonado drives one down the line and left, and this ball leaves in a hurry. Martin Maldonado hits a line drive home run to left field, his first home run of the season. And the Astros now lead 6 to nothing. Astros go up 6-0. They would go on to win by a 6-4 final. Houston is 7-9. Giants are 7-11. Lance McCullers gets the win. He is 2-1. He carried a no-hitter into the seventh inning. He goes seven innings, allows just one hit, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. Logan Webb takes the loss for San Francisco. He is 1-1. He allows five runs, but just two of them earned on four hits over three and a third innings, one walk and three strikeouts. Ryan Presley gets the save for Houston, his first. He pitches a scoreless ninth inning, two hits allowed. Astros got the scoring started in the bottom of the second inning on a Carlos Correa RBI single. Michael Brantley added on to the lead with a two-run double in the bottom of the third. Then Uri Gurriel reached on a fielder's choice and a run scored on a throwing error, 4-0 Houston. Then Carlos Correa grounded into a force out, 5-0 Houston, as Michael Brantley came along to score. Martin Maldonado's homer that you heard on the highlight made it 6-0. Giants scored a run in the top of the eighth inning on an Austin Slater solo homer, his third then top nine, Donovan Solano with an RBI double and Brandon Crawford with a two RBI single. Six, four Astros at that point, but that would be all. Giants had just six hits in the game. Austin Slater, two for three. Donovan Solano, two for four. For Houston, nobody had multiple hits in the ball game, but everybody with the exception of Kyle Tucker and Miles Straw had at least one hit. Two RBI games from Michael Brantley and Carlos Correa. Now on to Los Angeles, a tight battle between the Dodgers and the Padres. 
Osmer will line this one to left field in for a base hit. Around from second comes Grisham. He will score, and the Padres take a 2-1 lead. An RBI single for Eric Hosmer puts San Diego on top. That Eric Hosmer single to give the Padres the lead would hold up as San Diego beats Los Angeles 2-1 at Dodger Stadium. Padres are 10-7, Dodgers are 11-6. Cal Quantrill gets the win. He is 2-0. He goes three innings, allows two hits, no runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. Dustin May takes the loss for L.A. He is 1-1. One one. He allows two runs on five hits in six innings, two walks, and two strikeouts. Drew Pomeranz picks up the save, his third. He goes a scoreless ninth inning for San Diego. Dodgers scored the first run of the ball game in the bottom of the first inning on a Cody Bellinger RBI single. San Diego tied the game in the top of the fifth on an Austin Hedges solo homer. And then that call you just heard, Eric Hosmer's go-ahead single in the top of the sixth inning. Padres had six hits in the ball game. Nobody with multiple hits. Fernando Tatis Jr. did have a hit as he went one for four. For L.A., they had just four hits in the game. Nobody for them had multiple hits. Cody Bellinger, one for four. Betts, Turner, and Muncy also one for four. Final game of the night, and there's a reason why Mike Trout is hailed the way that he is. The A's and the Angels, next on your docket. That is hammered out to left field. No doubt about it. He's done it again. Big fly for Mike Trout. The Angels are on top, 10-9. Mike Trout can simply do it all. He comes up clutch to break a 9-9 tie in the bottom of the eighth inning. Angels hold on to beat the A's 10-9. They snap Oakland's season-long nine-game winning streak. Angels improve to 6-11, and 11. A's drop to 12-5. Felix Pena gets the win out of the L.A.-slash-Anaheim bullpen. He is 1-0, one scoreless eighth inning. The loser, Yusmero Petit, he allows the home run to Trout in the eighth inning, the only inning that he pitched. The save to Ty Buttry, his second. He goes a scoreless ninth inning and strands the tying run on base. This was a back-and-forth affair, to say the least. Angels scored three in the bottom of the first inning thanks to a wild pitch from Sean Manaya and a two-run homer from Anthony Rendon, his second. But Oakland's high-powered offense would tie the game in the top of the second inning. Matt Chapman hits a home run, his fifth of the year. Steven Piscotti with an RBI single. And then a wild pitch from Angels starter Julio Tehran scores Steven Piscotti to make it a 3-3 game. Chapman hits his second homer of the game in his sixth of the year in the top of the third inning, a two-run blast, 5-3 Oakland. Justin Upton singles home a run to make it 5-4 in the bottom of the third inning, but the A's end up scoring four runs in the top of the fourth on a Matt Chapman three-RBI triple and Mark Canna reaching on a fielding error, 9-5 A's. But then the Angels mounted their comeback. Mike Trout hit a home run to make it 9-6, and then Albert Pujols had an RBI ground out. Shohei Otani hit a two-run homer, his fourth of the year, to tie the game at nine in the bottom of the sixth inning, and Mike Trout hit his second of the game to make it a 10-9 game, bottom of the eighth. Angels had 14 hits. Mike Trout goes four for five with three RBI and four runs scored. Anthony Rendon, two for three with two RBI, two walk, and three runs scored. I should say two walks, not two walk. I don't know why I did that. Forget I said that. 
Shohei Otani, two for four with two RBI, a walk, and a run scored. Joe Adele also goes two for four for the Angels. For Oakland, Matt Chapman with the star of the show as he goes three for five with six RBI and three runs scored. Mark Canna goes two for four with a run scored. Those were the only two A's that had multiple hits. That is your recap of August 10th, 2020, a Monday. Now let's look at today's ball games. We start off in Buffalo, New York. That's right, Buffalo, New York, because the Blue Jays are playing their home opener against the Miami Marlins. It's a 6.37 Eastern start time, the 7-3 Marlins at the 5-8 Blue Jays. Eliezer Hernandez for Miami, no record in ERA of zero. Hinjin Ryu for the Blue Jays, 1-1 with a 5.14 ERA. 6.40 Eastern time in Cincinnati, the 7-10 Royals at the 7-9 Reds. Chris Bubich for KC, he is 0-2 with a 3-6 ERA. Luis Castillo for Cincinnati, he is 0-2 with a 4-7-6 ERA. 7.05 Eastern time in Philadelphia, 7-7 Orioles at the 5-6 Phillies. Alex Cobb for Baltimore, 1-1 record at 2-5-1 ERA. Zach Wheeler for Philly, 2-0 with an ERA of 2.08. Braves are at the Yankees, 7.05 Eastern Time. Braves are 11-7. Yankees are 10-6. Tuki Toussaint for Atlanta. No record of 6.08 ERA. Jordan Montgomery for New York, 1-1 with a 5.59. 7.10 Eastern Time in New York, 5-7 Nationals at the 7-10 Mets. Max Scherzer for Washington, 0-1 with a 3.29 ERA against Rick Porcello for New York, 1-1 with a 6.92 7-10 Eastern time in Detroit. 8-9 White Sox at the 9-5 Tigers. Gio Gonzalez for Chicago. 0-1 with a 7-7-1. Tyler Alexander for Detroit. 1-0 with a 1.17 ERA. 7-10 Eastern time in Cleveland. A rematch of the 2016 World Series. 10-3 Cubs at the 10-7 Indians. John Lester for Chicago. 1-0 with a .82 ERA. Adam Plutko for Cleveland, 1-0 with a 2.57 earned run average. 7.30 Eastern time in Boston, 9-7 Rays at the 6-10 Red Sox. Andrew Kittredge is supposed to get the start, even though he closed out the game last night. No record at 2.35 ERA. Martin Perez for Boston, 2-1 with a 3.45. 7-10 Central in Milwaukee, 11-6 Twins at the 6-8 Brewers. Tyler Clippert is the opener for Minnesota. No record, a 1-1-7 ERA. Josh Lindblom for Milwaukee, 1-0 with a 4-1-5 earned run average. 6-40 Mountain Time in Colorado, 7-10 Diamondbacks at the 11-5 Rockies. Zach Gallen for Arizona, no record, a 2-8-1 ERA against Kyle Freeland for Colorado, 2-0 with a 2-4-1 earned run average. 7-0-5 Mountain Time, 8-0-5 Central, in Texas, 7-11 Mariners at the 6-9 Rangers. Marco Gonzalez goes for Seattle, 2-1 with a 3.06 ERA. Mike Miner for Texas, 0-3 with a 6.89. 8-10 Central Time in Houston, 7-11 Giants at the 7-9 Astros. Tyler Anderson for San Francisco, he is 0-1 with a 2.19 ERA. Brandon Belak for Houston, 2-0 with a .87 earned run average. 6.40 Pacific time at Dodger Stadium, 10-7 Padres at the 11-6 Dodgers. 
Garrett Richards scheduled to go for San Diego, even though he was scheduled to go yesterday. 0-1 with a 4-6 ERA. Ross Stripling for LA. 3-0 with a flat 4 earned run average. Final game of the night, Angels at 6-11, hosting the A's at 12-5. Mike Fires for Oakland, 1-0 with a 5-6-3 ERA against Dylan Bundy, who is 2-1 with a 2-0-8 earned run average. Worth noting once again, the Cardinals' entire series against the Pittsburgh Pirates has been postponed, and their doubleheader against the Tigers scheduled for Thursday, which they're making up because of the delayed series from last week that has already been canceled, so the woes continue for the Cards. That's going to do it on this edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. In lieu of my normal sign-off, I'll give you one more Jay and Silent Bob Snoogans, bro.